I thank you, God, for your promises. I thank you that you are a powerful, mighty God. You are a serious God who means what he says and says what he means. And, Father, in that, we come before you and we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would minister to each one of our hearts and each one of our minds, God, that you would minister and change and transform the things that need to be transformed in us. Some of us here today, we might look fine on the outside, but we are desperate on the inside. And God, we need you. We need your power. We need to be reminded who you're calling us to be. So I pray that you would do that today. I ask that you would stand in this my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house, those things that you would have us know. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Some of you have heard me talk about this. It's one of my favorite movies, a famous uh, classic film called The Lion King. Uh, I have not seen the newest one, so uh, I, I, I will not speak to that. But I will say that the hero in the story is one who, who was meant for something, and because of trial and trouble and a pain, was driven away from what he was supposed to be. Are you with me? And at some point, he got comfortable living the life that was not supposed to be his life. He was called for more. Say more. And, and at some point, someone came to speak to him. Thank God for that little monkey. I forget what his name is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See, I, I know. God bless you, Carol. Thank you, guys, for helping me out. And, and yeah, <laughs> I know the main characters, not the monkey, you know, I just, I, I, I imitate what he does. I'll, if you want to see Pastor Lewis and take a chuckle, you can see my imitation of Rafiki or whatever that guy is uh, later on. But in the movie and in the story, he comes to, to this one who, who was meant for something, is now living a different life. It's not, ex it's not the way it was supposed to be. And this, this guide comes to him and says, you were meant for more. And he looks at him and says, remember what? Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. And I think that's such a powerful thing uh, for us in our lives because it's so easy. I don't know about you, but for me, it's so easy to, to get busy doing things and it's so to get caught up in different things. And, and if I'm not careful, even after just 24 hours, I can forget who my God is. I can forget who I'm called to be. And God would speak to you and to me this morning, even as we begin today, saying, remember who you are. Remember what I've called you to. Remember. And so we've been studying the book of Galatians, and, and in this book of Galatians, uh, Paul is speaking to a city, a people, who, who at first came to know God. I don't know about you, but some of you had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. You had an experience when, when you first came to God, you said, yes, he gives me, wait, are you telling me that God gives me eternal life, that when I die, I get to be with him forever, and he has a, a place prepared for me in a mansion, and, and all I have to do is put my faith in him, and, and I trust what he did on the cross for me? I, are you serious? And some of you have known the experience of the joy of coming to God, that he has saved us, and there's a joy there, but sometimes life comes at us, doesn't it? <laughs> and little by little, what can happen is we get busy, we start doing the, the things that 
good Christians do. We start coming to church. And at first, coming to church came, man, I want to hear a word from God. I want to hear from, from, from the scriptures. I want to learn about God because he, all he did for me. But sometimes coming to church just becomes, we're just going to church. And at first we read the scriptures because we wanted to learn about, about the living God. And, and, and we did that for a while. But then sometimes reading the Bible just, ah, I got to read the Bible now. And I believe the Apostle Paul would speak to the Galatian church and would speak to the church here in the inner city of Rochester and would say, church, remember who you are. And the title of today's message is Identity in God's Promise. Our Identity in God's Promise. And Paul's going to talk about some things in this passage that are not easy. Say, not easy. You know, not everything in life is easy. Did you know that? You know, remember the easy button? A staples, easy button. I remember soon after uh, uh, we lost Pastor Joanne, my late wife, I had a friend come over, and he was talking to me about some trials that he was going through, and I was sharing a little bit of the pain that I was going through. And, and he said that he felt like God had given him a word. Now, what I'm about to say to you does not sound like God, but we took it, and we, it kind of meant something to us. And here's what he says. You know, here's, here's kind of my little saying that, that I, I've, I've been saying. Easy is for suckers. Easy. There's no easy button, is there? Oh, I'm, I'm having some trouble in my marriage. Dink. Oh, uh, my kids are, are, are going astray. Dink. My finances. Dink, right? <laughs> what did the pastor talk about? He said something about suckers. I don't know what it was. but So here's what Paul says. Tell me. You who want to be under the law. Now, let me just pause there for a second. The Galatians came to Christ. They loved God. They put their faith. They were not Jews. They not Jews. Not Jews were Gentiles. But then some Jewish Christians came to, to their city and started telling them, yeah, 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 you follow Jesus, but you got to follow him the way that we do it. So if I invited if I invited Robert over to the house for Thanksgiving and I, I said, hey, you're going to come over for Thanksgiving? Yeah, we're going to share all the, what are some staples in, in Thanksgiving? Turkey, what else? Yeah, stuffing, right? So those are the staples, right? But then, but then there are certain things that we do, that the colognes do. And, and I say, Robert, no, 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 but if you're going to be, you got to do it the way that we do it. There you go. <laughs> we do some fun things. We, we do all that and more. All that and more. But here's my point. Your family does things a certain way, don't they? My family does uh, things a certain way. But following Jesus doesn't mean that you have to say yes to Jesus and say yes to the Cologne way. Are you with me? And the Jewish Christians were saying, yes, Gentiles from Galatia, you got to follow Jesus, faith in Jesus, but you got to do it the Jewish way. you got to do it the way our family does it. And some of them were being... We're being convinced that maybe, maybe I do need to do it that way. And so Paul says, tell me, you who want to be under the law, that means doing it the Jewish way, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons. Say, it is written. Always a good idea to think about this question. What does the Bible say? Amen. You got any questions about your life? What does the Bible say? It's not always easy. It's not always clear. But the Bible has, has 
principles for life that we always want to take into our consideration. For it is written, Paul's making an argument, and he uses the word, it is written that Abraham had two sons. Father Abraham had many sons. He actually had more than just two sons, but primarily the, the story emphasizes and focuses on the two sons. W one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. In those times, there wasn't capitalism and an economy like we have. There was no uh, social services. And so people that didn't have the means, they would, they would become bonded and slaved to another family. And they would just serve that family. And that family would provide housing and food and all kinds of things for them. Are you with me? Say yes. So, so Paul is saying, it is written, Abraham had two sons. One was by a woman that was born into slavery. She was in bondage to the family, and, and she served them to survive. And the other by the free woman. Say free woman. For his son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. Say flesh. But his son by the free woman, listen to this, was born as a result of a divine promise. Oh, wow. And Paul, I want you to just see here before we move on, that he's trying to remind the Galatians who they are. Remember who you are. Here's a couple of thoughts out of these texts. We must choose out of what identity is the villain. Identity. You will live your lives. Choose out of what identity you will live your lives. Am I going to live my life as a son of the slave? Or am I going to live my life as a son of the free? And Paul is saying, remember who you are. you got to choose because if you want to go back to the old ways, there is some enslavement. There's some bondage there. You don't want to go back to that. You have to choose what identity you will live our lives. And I've realized that identity is so big in our culture. What are you? Are you straight? Are you gay? You're a Christian? Are you an atheist? Are you... Whatever it is, uh, we have these, uh, we have, the, some of you are familiar with the Enneagram. The Enneagram is like a study on different people's personalities. And there's nine of them, and different ones have kind of different ways that they do things. And it's, they're categorized in such a way, it's not about that each number, one through nine, oh, this means, this is what you do. No, it's your motivation. So Julia and I might be standing there doing a good deed, and she might be doing it for one reason. I might be doing it for another reason. And based on whatever that reason is, that determines what my number is. Are you with me? <laughs> but the Enneagram is helpful because it, it helps me understand who I am and other people. But there's something about trying to, trying to catch the, the label of it. I remember um, when I found out what I was, and I won't tell you what I am unless you want to know some other time. When I found out, but wait, no, I want to be something else. I want to be the other number because the other numbers do this really well. There's something about it. What is your, what, what you got, we have to choose what identity we're going to live our lives on. Some of us have experienced things that were told to us by our parents, our grandparents, our uncles, or aunties, or a friend. Oh, you are this. This is who you are. And then we take that on and we start living according to that identity. Identity is a powerful thing. Say identity. There's a movie not too long ago called, called The Born Identity about a guy who was trained to do it all. He could take over. He could do anything. But he did not remember who he was. 
And so through the story, the whole movie, they're try he's trying to remember, who am I? And then realizing, as he remembered who he was, and he, he acted upon who he was, what he had learned, what he had been taught, but he, before he couldn't, he couldn't remember, so he couldn't live into all of the, the cool things that he could do. The next villain, the struggle of finding our identity in our efforts or finding it in God's efforts. So Paul is addressing this idea that, that there's a struggle of finding our identity in our own efforts, my own strength, or finding it in God's efforts. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Paul continues on. Uh, we're talking about finding our identity in God's promise. These things are being taken figuratively. Paul gives an illustration. Say illustration. So how many women has he talked about? Two. So he's going to talk about two, two children by two different women. One woman was a, and the other one was a slave. That's right. That's right. So one slave, one free. He continues on here. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. If you remember Mount Sinai, what happened in Mount Sinai? In Mount Sinai, Moses walked up to the mountain. The people of Israel were left behind. He got up there, and while he was up on the mountain, the, the people saw like fire on the mountain. And the Bible says that God gave Moses the commandments, gave him tablets where he wrote his law. That's what happened in Mount Sinai. But, but what, what Paul's trying to say here is that those commandments were given to a people for, a, for a, a particular time, and those commandments are the law, say the law. And so he's making the comparison of the, the woman that is in slavery and, and Mount Sinai, that it was something good that God gave for a season, say a season. Let me just say something. What was good yesterday does not mean that it's always good tomorrow. Amen? Seasons change. I just turned 41 not too long ago. I woke up the other day and said, ow, that hurts. <laughs> Praise God. I know Brother Brian's never experienced that, but that's, you know, us, us weaker humans, that's what we experience, right? Why? I'm in a different season. Somebody said, uh, hey, can you help me carry this? And previously, sure, of course. Now it's like, I, I don't know if I can do that. I got to be careful with my, my lower back. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are slaves. There was a season for the, the commands of God to be given to the people and for them to follow it. It actually saved them. It, it identified who they were, the Jewish people of God. This is Hagar. That was her name. The, the, the slave woman was Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem. And I don't have time to go into all the details. I think it's interesting that Paul here mentions Arabia. Geography was important to him for some reason and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem. The present city of Jerusalem at that time was under Roman rule. And so they were not free. Say not free. So he's saying that Hagar corresponds to Mount Sinai. So something about the law and also corresponds to the present Jerusalem that is currently under Roman rule. Slavery, bondage. There's something about that, Paul says. And again, we're talking about remembering who we are. Because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free. 
and she is our mother. Let me just say this very quickly. In the Bible, especially in the book of Hebrews and a couple of other, uh, Revelation also mentions the idea of, of what do we pray? God, uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be on as it is in, on as it is in, are you with me? Paul is referencing a little bit of that. He's saying, no, no, it's not, it's not what's just happening here. I want us to be living uh, like the free children that are children that are represented by the, the heavenly Jerusalem. The way that it's supposed to be up in the heavenlies. She is our mother. For it is written, be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who... We're never in labor because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. And in other words, he's telling the story. He's trying to identify. If you know the story of Abraham, the, the two women, one was Hagar. The other one was Sarah. Say Hagar and Sarah. Hagar was the slave woman who was given to Abraham because they... God had made a promise to Abraham. You're going to have lots of kids. But now he's 70, he's 80, and no kids are coming. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes when we feel like something is from God and it's not happening, I don't know about you, but at least for me, sometimes there's something inside of me. I got to make this happen. I got to do it. I got to do it in my own strength. Are you with me? And so Hagar represents doing things in our own effort, in our own strength, because we struggle with finding our identity in our efforts or, or finding it in God's efforts. Here's the next fill-in. We must choose either the covenant of the law that leads to bondage or the covenant of the promise that leads to freedom or the covenant of the promise that leads to freedom. Paul is telling the people in Galatia, I want you to remember who you are. You are not slaves. You are free. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. Of God, And we sing that over and over again. Why do we say that? Why do we sing that? Because we need to remember, we need to allow it to internalize in our soul that we are not slaves anymore because of what Christ has done. Yes, I may be brown, I may be Puerto Rican. You may come from Africa or Europe or come here from the hood, come from the country. It doesn't matter. Whoever you are, in Christ we are part of the promise. And we've already talked about this a few weeks ago. There is no longer slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile. Male nor female, and here's what Paul says, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one. And, and because we are one now, we are part of the children of the promise. We don't need to go back to the old ways. Now you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of the promise. I'm going to read that again, and I want you to think about this. How much work did Abraham's promised child, so Abraham eventually had a son with Hagar who was a slave woman, and he represents being the son of trying to make it in our own strength. Are you with me? And so, but then God says, no, I'm going to give you a son supernaturally. Trust me. And eventually Abraham and Sarah, Sarah was found to be pregnant with child. I think she was 80 or 90 years old. How many know that's pretty cool? Amen? And he was born Isaac. He was a child of the promise. This was the one that God had chosen to, to reveal his goodness to the nations. Let me ask you a question. How much work did Isaac have to do to become that? 
Yeah, as far as the story goes, here's, well, he did have to do something. And this is work, I, I, I'm told. He had to be born. Right? When he was born, he was already the child of the promise. There was, he didn't have to earn it. Say earn it. I don't know about you, but I struggle with having to earn the love of God. Do you? Sometimes I struggle with having to be good enough and do enough good things to earn the love of God. But here's what Paul says. Now you brothers and sisters, like who? Like Isaac. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm like Isaac. Uh, tell, tell, tell the other neighbor, you look like Isaac. <laughs> Any Isaacs here, by the way? That'd be fun if there was an actual Isaac here. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, in the, in the room. Yeah, in the room. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like Isaac, our children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. He's referencing the story in Genesis. And you say, Pastor, I don't know that story. Can I encourage you to read it? <laughs> There are Bibles back there. If you don't have one, take it home. If you have a phone app with a Bible, it's found in Genesis chapter 12 and on. The story of Abraham is powerful. At that time, the son born to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirits. Here's what happened. The son of Hagar, his name was Ishmael. Say Ishmael. He was born and he was in the house of his dad, Abraham. But then God fulfilled the actual promise through Sarah, his wife, who was elderly. They were both very, very old, advanced in age, the Bible says. And they had the child of the promise. His name was, and you know this by now, right? Isaac. So there was Ishmael and Isaac. But one of the things that happened as they were growing up together, because Ishmael was the older brother and he wasn't very nice, he would, he would mess around with his little brother. I don't know if he was like my, my older brother. Uh, the story is told that there was one day that we were playing in the garage, and my older brother, because he loved me so much, saw a nail and saw a hammer and said, maybe this will work on my little brother. And my parents uh, sprinted towards him. Stop! At that time, the son... According to the flesh, Ishmael, who was older, persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. I want you to notice that he's talking about the son born in covenant. He's also talking about the son born of the free woman. He's also talking about the son of the promise. And now he talks about the son, the son born by the power of the Spirit. These are all connected. Are you with me? They're all connected. It is the same now. But what does the Scripture say? Get rid of of the slave woman and her son for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son and I'm going to pause there for one second and just explain this to you because by the way when I read that I don't like that I don't know if you like it but I don't, I don't like the way it sounds like oh Paul why, why are you saying it this way but he's trying to give you a picture of the violence that is needed in your life and mine remembering who Simba was meant that Simba could no longer stay in Akuna Matata land he actually had to run back to where he was from Pride Rock even though it looked terrible he had to become who he was meant to become and as he started taking those steps he had left his old life behind he had kicked out the slave life that he had and now he 
was living into who he was meant to be. And everything else around that land was fixed and fruitful because Simba took his place. Paul's trying to say, you can't be in the middle. You are either going to try to please God by your own efforts or you're going to realize I can't do it. It's only by grace. I surrender, God. I recognize what you did on the cross for me. That's the only reason I can come before you. It's by grace. It's your gospel. It's the promise. It's the new covenant. It is the, the, the one born by the power of the Spirit. Choose, here's the next villain, to li- live out of your identity as a child of the promise. Choose to live out of your identity. What identity? As a child of the promise. We could also say there, a child born in the power of the Spirit. Amen? A child born in the new covenant of God. Choose to live out your identity as a child of the promise. I'm not going back. I'm not going to continue to dabble in what I used to. I'm not going to run there. The Galatians were struggling. Should I be legalistic and do what the Jews do? Or should I just trust God for me in my own culture? I just heard not too long ago that there is a revival happening in the country of Iran. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't know that. As far as I know, what I hear on the news is Iran is bad and all kinds of stuff is happening and they're trying to do bad things. But there's a revival happening in Iran and it is happening within the people, and it's happening primarily the revival is being led by women. And they're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and people are coming to Christ all over the place because in Iran, imagine this, the people have painted a picture of what their religion is supposed to look like, but when they practice and live it out, they say, no, this is not what people are talking about. It's a different thing. So they're looking for something else, and Jesus Christ is in Iran. Amen? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is in Iran. And they're realizing that they, wherever they are, they can be children of the promise of God. And they're refusing. I heard a testimony, this lady saying, I know when I go out into the streets of Iran that I know that we could be killed. And my husband and I have already talked about it, that for the sake of Christ, we are willing to go and be killed and martyred, if that's the case. Because guess what? If we are, we get to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus I also heard a testimony about a, a family, a couple from Iran who were doing ministry there and moved to the United States. And the lady, after not too long, said, I want to go back to Iran because even though in Iran my physical body and my health are in danger for being a Christian, here in the States, because of so many distractions and so many things that are so easy, my spiritual body is in danger. And she said, I want to go back. Next villains, refuse to go back, refuse to the old way of self-reliance. I can do it. I can make it happen. And choose to rely on the promises of God. Refuse to go back to, well, God hasn't fulfilled his promise, so here's Hagar, and Ishmael is born, and, and you've got to work at it hard enough. We're not talking about not working hard. What we're talking about is who do you rely on, yourself or the promises of God? Amen? Refuse to go back. And some next steps here, and we'll finish with this. Declare through Christ, I am a child of the promise. Declare through Christ, I am a child of the promise. Every day, if you need to. I almost put daily in there. I am a child of the promise. I am like Isaac. 
Jesus Christ died for me. When I put my trust in him, I become part of the inheritance and the, the seed of Abraham. I'm a child of the promise. Uh, two, reflect, reflect. Did I live out of my identity in Christ this week or this day or this month? Did I live out of my identity in Christ? Because I, I tell you that sometimes when I encounter difficulties, if Christ identity is inside of me i will react a certain way but if fear or anxiety or anger or hurt are inside of me i will act a different way can i get an amen <laughs> and finally pray pray ask god to help you in this process ask god to help you we've been studying the book of galatians and it's a powerful book full of incredible things. A few weeks ago, Paul makes this declaration. For I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I, I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. The, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith. The, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Listen, who loved me and who loved you and gave himself for, for me, Paul says. That's how I live my life. Declare I'm a child of the promise. Reflect that I live out of my identity in Christ this week. And pray, ask God to help you in this. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you remind us that our identity is in your promise. May we be reminded, remember who you are. Help us to run away from the distractions Run away from the legalism. Run away from whatever it is that is trying to hold us back from you, God. May we run into your arms. And may we be able to declare all week long and live into it. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.